In the name of our crucified Lord, Jesus Christ. You have just heard the crucifixion account from the Gospel of John. While each Gospel is different in telling the crucifixion story, John's Gospel is most unique. In John's crucifixion account, there are none of the spectacular elements of the crucifixion found in the other Gospels. There is no mention of darkness upon the earth from noon to three o'clock. There is no mention of the centurion's reaction to the crucifixion and his conf confession of Christ. There is no mention of the veil of the temple being torn in two. There is no mention of an earthquake, rocks being split open, or the resurrection of saints. John's account does not have spectacular elements at all. In fact, if you are reading this account without the context of the rest of John, this one death by crucifixion does not appear to be very special. About the only thing that, seen, that is out of the ordinary is that Pilate puts a political statement over the cross, and there is the seemingly human touch of John and Mary, the mother of Jesus. Without the context of the rest of the gospel, you are clueless that this is the incarnate word, completing the once and for all atonement for sin for mankind, and that this death accomplishes full forgiveness of sins for all who believe in him. Now, clueless indeed is a word to describe the soldiers who crucified Jesus. They have crucified Jesus, crucified Jews before, and they'll crucify Jews again. They have a gruesome job to do, and they do it with a certain amount of efficiency. There is even an amount of boredom for them as they have to wait for the crucified ones to die, and to kill time, they gamble away the tunic of Jesus. They are utterly clueless that they just put nails into the hands of the Creator of the heavens and the earth, and that indeed Jesus is the King of the Jews, as he is King of all peoples everywhere. The chief priests are clueless as well. They think that they know the true God, but in reality they are so clueless that they are crucifying their Lord and Christ. Pilate, too, is clueless. To him, Jesus is an expendable Jew. To Pilate, truth is relative. Politics is the name of the game. And what to do with Jesus is another headache as governor of Judea. In fact, he has to tweak those Jews that he despises by putting the title over Jesus' cross. And the Jews who ask for the legs of Jesus to be broken are clueless as well. It is nothing to them that they have crucified the Lord of the Sabbath. They are concerned with their own myopic view of the Sabbath. They are clueless. Being clueless about God is nothing new. In fact, the very nature of sin is being clueless. If Adam and Eve had truly known what eating of the fruit of the tree would mean, they would not have sinned in the first place. If David were really clued in as to what it meant to be the Lord's anointed king of Israel, he would not have deserted his army, committed adultery, and murder. In our own lives, if we were always clued in that we are the baptized in Christ, 
born again to eternal life, we would not sin against God in thought, word, and deed. If we had a clue about how precious every other human being is, we would not insult, hurt, or try to minimize any other person. But so often, we are clueless. We are clueless when we ignore God's word or treat it as something that is minor. We are clueless when we do not regard human sexuality as God's word treats it. We are clueless when we are anxious about our lives. We are clueless when we consider our own pleasure over serving our neighbor. Being clueless is common. As we do not pay attention to our sinfulness, God's love for us in Christ Jesus, or the blessing of the cross of Christ as we ought. In this age, we are at the same time sinner and saint. The old Adam is still clueless to Christ and his love, but we are saint also. That is, we have more than a clue because we have forgiveness of sins, life and salvation, that Jesus is the Christ, the incarnate word has indeed won for us salvation on the cross. And today, this service is about being totally clued in to Christ and his victorious death on the cross for you and me. John indeed does not leave you clueless as to who Jesus is or what he has done for you. In the gospel reading today, there are some who do have a clue about Jesus, but without the resurrection, they do not fully understand Jesus and his death. John and Mary stand at the foot of the cross. They do not want to leave Jesus alone when he, when he dies. John receives Mary into his house and John will treat Mary as his own mother. Joseph of Arimathea and Nicodemus also have some faith in Jesus. They desire to be loyal to him in death and to give Jesus a decent burial. But all these do not have the huge clues that we do regarding who Jesus is and what his death means at this time. The good news for you today is that the Gospel of John has totally clued you in on the meaning of Christ's death for you. There is no doubt who Jesus is. He is God in the flesh. John 1:14. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. We beheld His glory, the glory of the one and only begotten of the Father. In John 8, Jesus tells us that He is the God of the Old Testament. Before Abraham was, I am. There is no doubt in the Gospel of John about His power. John records that Jesus did miracles that no one else had ever done. He healed a man born blind. He raised Lazarus from the dead after four days when the body of Lazarus was already decaying. Furthermore, John lets us know that Jesus is God incarnate, come to save us from sins. John the Baptist, the very first chapter, hails Jesus as the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. We hear in John 3, for God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, 
but in order that the world might be saved through him. Jesus himself knows and proclaims that he is the only way of salvation. In John 14, Jesus says, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus clearly in the Gospel of John knows that he must die on the cross to save you and me. In John 3, as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. John 12, Jesus says, And I, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. He said this to show by what kind of death he was going to die. And in John 10, Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. I could actually go on and on from the Gospel of John. John clues you in totally, in a, much, in a totally wonderful way as to who Jesus is, that Jesus indeed has power to save, that Jesus knows he will die on the cross, and that Jesus knows that we will have forgiveness of sins by his once and for all sacrifice on the cross. John does not need to speak of the darkness or that the curtain of the temple is split in half. We know what is going on on the cross. We know Jesus is winning salvation for us. We know when we hear in the Gospel of John, it is finished, that it indeed it is, atonement has been made, sins paid for, salvation won. Later in today's Gospel, you hear that when the soldiers came to Jesus and saw that he was already dead, they did not break his legs. But one of the soldiers pierced his side with a spear, and at once there came out blood and water. He who saw it has borne witness. His testimony is true, and he knows that he is telling the truth, that you also may believe. Because of all that Jesus has said and what John has written, and the way John is testifying to this, you know that there's greater meaning than just the bare fact that Jesus' body was being pierced. John is testifying that because of the death of Jesus on the cross, you can be sure that in the water of baptism and in the blood of Christ given and shed for you in the Lord's Supper, you indeed have the forgiveness of sins fully accomplished and paid for by the death of Jesus on the cross. My brothers and sisters, you live in a world that has no clue. And in fact, as you look about, it is beyond clueless. But you, you, this day, have more than a clue. You have everything. You now have the full assurance of salvation because Jesus, God incarnate, finished your atonement by his death on the cross, and he has risen from the dead for you. You have full confidence a life full of joy in him. Listen again to John chapter 10. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Jesus, the good shepherd, laid down his life for you. Jesus, the word incarnate, was lifted on the cross for you. 
Jesus, the way and the truth and the life, went the way of Golgotha for you and for your salvation. You have much more than a clue. You have Jesus. Amen.